Welcome, Soul Tribe, to Deep Soul Awakenings with your hosts, Chastity Ryan and Millie Franco. Get ready to shed some light on the unspoken aspects of spiritual and healing journeys. Hey, guys, and welcome to the first episode of Deep Soul Awakenings. We're your host, Chastity Ryan. And Millie Franco. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, so before we begin, I just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer. So the things that we're going to be discussing will be spiritual nature. We are incur- We are not encouraging anyone to not seek therapy or treatment. Therapy and treatment are very, very important when on a healing journey. We will be discussing our experiences and some of the concepts that we have learned and some of the things that we mentioned will have been beneficial to us and other members in our tribe. So please, please, please take what resonates, leave the rest and blessings to you all. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. Let's go. Of (laughs) course. I'm ready. (laughs) So Chas, what I wanted to talk about today is what was it like the first time that you woke up? Like, what was your experience? Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say the, the first feeling I got literally was like that fish out of water feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the best way that I can explain it because uh, I just felt different. Like I wasn't the same person anymore. You know what I mean? Like my, it was just a sort of switch. Like things sort of just changed on a dime. Mm -hmm. And at first I was, you know, essentially curious and like, okay, this is different. Like, what is this? And I want to know more. And I'm the type of person, and I know you can relate to Millie because you and I rap about this all the time. Yeah. That we just want to know more and we're just like researching and we're looking into things and we're reading and we're finding all kinds of outlets in which to expand yeah, on those the know. rabbit holes right exactly <laughs> the rabbit hole there you go so but I think the feeling like I said is that fish out of water and I think was the whole feeling different and something was happening mm-hmm. and <clears throat> there was a part of it that was bewildering. There was a part of it that made me feel a bit lonely too, because like, I couldn't really explain what was going on like to people because they didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I just remember being, okay, um, wow. Okay, so I feel different. This is happening. I'm getting all these different feelings about myself and these things are happening, synchronicities and signs and all this stuff. and trying to explain it to others was just like what huh like so yeah, yeah. you know what I mean I do so, very much <laughs> right so I just at that point I just kind of not so much isolated but I just sort of kept it to myself and just continued to like I said do more research and expand and want to know more mm-hmm. about myself but in that process I sort of technically isolated you know and yeah just kind of kept to myself for a while I kind of I guess became a recluse you could say because I just spent a lot of time 
you know, watching, you know, YouTube videos and reading books and watching all these documentaries and just sucking up all this info like a sponge. So, and in that process, I think loneliness was the main thing that I felt. I felt like being a a recluse is not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of times we need to kind of separate ourselves from the people around us so that we can kind of look in to ourselves I mean Absolutely. my experience was similar um I I've I've woken up and gone to sleep a few times um oh, I feel yeah. like sometimes <laughs> when things get overbearing it's like you you almost choose to go back to sleep because you just don't want to deal with everything and you feel so overwhelmed mm-hmm. um for me the last time that I woke up um which was fairly recently during COVID again, it was like the feeling of like, what, what, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, who, why am I living this life where I'm unhappy and like, where I don't feel present? And it was just really that feeling of, you know what, the life that I'm in right now, I don't belong here and I need to change this. And it was really that feeling of like actually being present, present with myself, present with my kids. And like that deep understanding that like at that moment inside, I was just very, very unhappy and I didn't want to continue to stay unhappy. So from there, it was like, I knew, like I knew wholeheartedly that I needed to change something that a lot of things needed to change because I was like a person that I didn't even recognize anymore. And then it made me think like, well, okay, so who am I if I don't recognize this person that I am? Um, But that for me was really just like, the moment where I was like, I, it was almost like a light bulb. And it was just like, Oh, no, like, this is not my life. This is not the life that I'm supposed to live. This is not the one that I want. And then it was like, yeah, that's similar to you. Let's keep this momentum and run with it and like learn as much as I can. And I did something very, very, very similar to you and where I've switched everything that I listened to. So I don't listen to uh, music that has like any negative lyrics, negative feelings. Um, if I watch TV, I tend to watch things that are more spiritual in nature, more learning in nature. Like I am completely interested in aliens right now. And I tend to watch so much documentaries on that. Um, but really just shifting everything around, around just feeding myself more positive things. Because I've noticed that before, especially it's like, we don't realize at times how much negativity we're, at, we're actually feeling, feeding ourselves. And we're singing all of these songs and all of these lyrics are sad and, you know, saying that they're unworthy or saying that you're willing to sacrifice yourself for somebody else to see you. And it's like, you know, when we're singing all of these things, we're putting that out, we're putting that energy out, we're, we're, we're manifesting that. And to me, it's like, no, I don't want to put any limitations on myself anymore. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right, exactly. And you just said something that was very pivotal for me during the beginning stages early on. It's like you said, you went to sleep at some Mm -hmm. point. And I think early in the game, uh, we tend, that tends to happen because there will be, you know, traumatic events, certain triggers, things that kind of send you uh, running for the hill, so to speak. And coming back to it, like you said, when you realized that you needed a change. Yeah. And for me, that's what I call the point of no return. 
Yeah. Because once I made my mind up consciously to fully step into this and not run from it anymore, because go, that going to sleep and that running from it, I, I was exhausted. And I know yeah. you know what I mean by that. Yeah, very. I was tired, you know, and I just kept finding myself back introduced by, you know, the mm-hmm. universe, by spirit being reintroduced into this somehow, some way, like I kept, you know, I would go to sleep, I would avoid it. I would just like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's too much. But here comes the synchronicity. Here comes spirit speaking yeah. through people around me. Here yeah. comes a book or a movie or something that, you know, is a sign or, you know, that resonates where you feel it like through your whole body. And then it's like, you can't deny it because you can't deny that feeling and I know you know the feeling that I'm talking about oh yeah it's like oh yeah your whole body and it's like you feel like you're shaking you're like oh okay yeah that that that's real I I cannot argue that because I just felt that through like the fiber of my soul just now (laughs) right and then there was just those moments where you know I call you know that I got the cosmic kick in the ass oh I call Uh, the metaphorical head smack (laughs) Right. So I, you know, I got that and I was just like, I, I surrendered at that point. I think, I think the, there was a time actually a few years ago, this was like 2016 and 2016, I have to say personally was one of the most toughest years for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had experienced a, a trauma the year before a traumatic experience. Um, and it was actually, you know, um, through a relationship and it sent me spiraling yeah, into like a deep depression, like even PTSD symptoms. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was a really rough time for me. And at the time I sort of, like you said, I kind of went to sleep. I kind of stepped away. You know, I just wanted to be a muggle, you know, I just wanted to live yeah. a normal muggle life without all of you know this spiritual stuff and all this stuff that I had with me since a child I just wanted to separate myself from it and just do me you know what I mean but at the same time um like I explained with the cosmic kick in the ass I had this situation happen to me and spirit just kept reintroducing me to things all over again and to the point it was beaten into my head and I just like <laughs> I know you know what I mean like well. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying and yep, I, I, I just I was just like I surrender you know this is I'm ready I think that's what it what it is too early on we question I think in our egos we question if we're ready for this a lot of times mm-hmm. and I mean it's and not easy this work not. is not easy you are called to be vulnerable you are called to reflect on yourself look at yourself for the good and the bad you know and like the way that I described it to one of my friends recently was like you know as we're walking through life we have like this bag that we carry with us and every time something happens it's like we're picking up a rock and it's like oh I'm going to keep this with me. I'm going to keep this with me. So it's like, you know, when you get hurt in a relationship, well, I'm going to keep this with me. When your parents hurt you or create trauma in some way, you know, you're taking another rock, you're putting it in a bag. And it's like, before you know it, you're carrying this bag full of emotions of things that you're telling yourself that you need, you know, 
And it's just so heavy that from carrying it around, you know, your back hurts, you're sore, you're exhausted, you're not feeling well. And it's like, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, you know, well, let's think about the things that you have in that bag. What are you carrying with you? And he was like, well, everything that I have in my bag, I have in my bag, so I won't forget. And I was like, okay. And I was like, but did you learn lessons? He's like, yeah, I learned lessons. But, you know, then the feeling of, you know, that that shame that I'm carrying makes me not forget the lesson. And I'm like, but if it's a lesson that you've learned, why can't you just take the lesson and leave the shame? And he just looked at me and it was like, like light bulb. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, so I, I know how I want to treat people. I know how I want to be treated, but I don't have to feel that shame of the way people have been treating me or the way that I've treated people or the things that I feel that I've could have done better. And it's like, no, because literally now you know that you can do better and you can do better from this day on. Like you don't have to carry all that extra stuff with you. For me, it's like, when you say surrender, for me, it was like that moment where it's just like, all right, like I surrender. I don't want to be tired no more. I don't want to be angry no more. I don't want to feel like shit. Like let's put this damn bag on the table. Let's open it and let's look at everything and like, throw these freaking rocks away because I don't want it anymore. Like I'm tired. Yes. And I, and I think another big factor in, in the surrender process was me owning my shit. Yep. Me taking responsibility yep. uh, for my role in the, you know, the toxicity and the things in my life, you know, I guess, <laughs> yes. I, I had to at that point because I didn't want to remain in a victim mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, that's and I big. Just, yeah. And I, I owned it. I owned my shit. I said, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm taking responsibility for my role mm-hmm. and how I contributed to things, in, you know, that were toxic in my life. And a lot of it, was unconscious but a lot of it was conscious too because you spoke about shame right mm-hmm. and that's like a major core wound for a lot mm-hmm. of us and it's passed down it's passed down for the yeah. majority of us and we just we never really you know I know for me Millie in the beginning I never really understood it as shame Mm-hmm. I understood it as a coping mechanism. I understood it as this being a part of me, like mm-hmm. a cross to bear. You know what I'm saying? That's how I looked at it essentially in the beginning. I didn't realize that it was something I could release within myself. Oh, Chas, I lo- you lost your audio. conclusions oh there you go we missed a lot of what you said because your computer muted oh sorry about that um okay I just got something coming in and I was trying to close it off but uh I was saying about the whole shame thing yeah that basically I had the belief system that that's just the way I am yeah yeah. You know what I mean? You know how many and, times that you just kind of mm-hmm. tie it up in that pretty little, mm-hmm. like, like that tight bow and you say to yourself, well, you know, this is just who I am. Yeah. I, and it almost becomes a crutch. 
because then right. it's like, well, you know, I'm carrying this thing and it triggers me. So, you know, when I'm triggered, I'm just going to be triggered because that's the way that I am. And it's right. like, no, honey, like you don't have to be triggered. Like you don't, you don't got to carry any of that shit with you, you know? And for a lot of us, it's like, um, I know for, especially for me growing up, like one of the things that I realize now that I feel like has opened up such a world to me is like, you know, you, you, you give the energy you are inside and that's the energy that the energy that you're putting out is the energy that you attract. And growing up, I had a mom who needed to do a lot of healing, who was holding a lot of things inside and in the way that she react, would react and the energy that she would give us wouldn't always be the best energy. But as growing up as a kid, I didn't know this, of course. So to me, it was always like, well, if that's the reaction that I'm getting with from her, then there's something wrong with me. And I always took it as like, it's a me thing. It's a me thing. There's something wrong with me. I'm not doing something that I should. Like my, my mom was never affectionate. So to me, it was just like, well, I don't deserve affection. Like there's something within me that doesn't deserve affection. And now it's like that I've learned that, you know, you, you can only be the energy that you are and you can only give the energy that you are. And I'm just like, no, like it never had anything to do with me and it had more to do with her. But at the same time, it gave me such an appreciation of her because wow, you know, she was giving off that feeling of, you know, I feel unworthy and I feel shameful and I don't know how to love myself she still did her best and tried so hard to love us in the ways that she knew how, you know, and, and that's something that I feel like is so beautiful, especially when you're a parent, because all of a sudden it's like a parent, an aunt, a sister, like you have this ability to love and show love in the ways that you know that it's just like you give yourself wholeheartedly. But then when you have this understanding of energy, it's like you also realize that sometimes the way that you know how to give love isn't necessarily the same way that somebody else understands love. And then it kind of opens the door for that of like that deeper understanding, like, okay, oh, there, oh my God, there's more than one way to show love. Like there's different things that you can do. Affection is a love language. That for me, I was like, affection is a love language. Really? Like people like to be touched all day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you said a mouthful there. And it's interesting because, uh, we had asked in the group mm-hmm. in our in our online community how everyone felt early on and what was the hardest parts of it early on and uh actually one of the group members said exactly what you said was coming to the realization that the way i process feelings emotions and express mm-hmm. love is not going to be the same way um other people are going to like everybody has their their own approach to this process and understanding of things so uh yeah and i think that's that's powerful to come to that you know realization because so many times people just want to impose uh their ways and thoughts and ideas onto you yeah yeah and even though it might be with good intentions, it's not allowing the person to feel safe to be themselves. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Very and, and a few other comments we got in the group had to do with uh, organized religion, being raised in a religious household. And that's a lot of times a way 
that this imposition happens through religion. And oftentimes it was a religion that you didn't even make the conscious choice to be in. Yeah. You were raised around, yeah. you know, your parents or family that were in this religion. Yeah. And it's also always been used to instill fear. You know, right. you don't act the way that you're supposed to. God will do X, Y, and Z. Or you need to honor your parents because God said X, Y, Z. So it was always just like we're we're taught consistently. Don't think, just obey. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you start thinking for yourself, it's like the backlash that you get of people it's not even with bad intention. They just don't understand, you know? And I feel like for a lot of us, you know, it goes into too what a lot of people were saying in the group of just, you know, getting to that place where you trust yourself and like mm, trust your intuition. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I know for me, like even now, it's, it's something that I still struggle with because like, um, especially with like my ability sometimes, when I was younger, I was always taught like, you know, don't, don't, well, don't tell anybody that you can feel spirits and that you can hear things because they're going to think you're crazy. And when I was younger, I had a friend who passed away. Um, his nickname was JJ. And when he passed away, he was always around me. I used to have dreams with him. He used to tell me things. He used to pass messages. Like he would show me other people that we were friends with. And they like, you know, this person is sick. Tell them they're sick. Go to the hospital. I'd be like, hey, uh, don't think I'm crazy. But I had a dream with JJ and he said you were sick. Please go to the hospital. And then that person to me was like, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm thinking that I have pneumonia again. And I'm like, yeah, please, please, please go. But then like from my mom, when she realized it was like, well, that's not real. And that's not true. You can't do that. And I remember her just making me feel so like bad about it that I was just like, oh, no, I need to turn this off. And if I still feel it, then I'm I'm just going to pretend I don't because it's easier that way. And that's what's expected of me. And now I'm just like, yeah, no, it's part of me. And to me, it's like one of the most beautiful parts of me because it's like when when you can feel things and you can share things and share experiences and messages, you know, it's, it's beautiful. There's so much love behind it, you know? And I feel like, which is something else that the group said too, a lot of times when we come to the realization of who we really are and, you know, what we really are as people, as energy, as souls, because we are all divine energy, which is the most beautiful part about this existence, divine energy, living a human existence, like you are literally created from the same energy as source. And if you have anyone in your life who doesn't understand this and and, and doesn't honor this, you know, you kind of got to let them go. And I know for us, that's probably one of the hardest things that, you know, release of people and places and, and concepts and, you know, it, it can be really lonely at first. Oh, yeah. And I know there was a group member that actually said that letting go of people, places, and things was the hardest part. And and like I touched on earlier with the whole pathological loneliness that you feel mm-hmm. early on, I think that letting go, those shedding of layers and realizing that you no longer feel the same around peers like people that you've known your whole life like you're not mm-hmm. rocking with them like that anymore and you like you said is it me you start questioning mm-hmm. you know is it me am I doing something wrong and it's no I 
I've changed. And, you know, what tends to happen here is you outgrow these things, these people and places and things. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing personal. It's just part of the process. Yeah. And I, I've heard before, you know, um, some people are only meant to be in your life for the moment. They're not always meant to continue with you on your journey. And I feel like when we accept that and really surrender to it, you know, this, this isn't a lonely journey forever. You do eventually find your tribe. Like Chas, you've been part of my tribe for, I don't even know how many years now. Mm-hmm. And wow. We go like, back, man. Yeah. Well over, well yeah, over yeah, 10, yeah. Well we over go back to the years. sleeping days, girl. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to reveal our ages now, but we've well yeah. over a decade we know each other. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we even in, with, together, we've let each other go and we've come back and we've let each other go. And I, I find that whenever we really get to the point where we embrace our spirituality and we embrace ourselves, we're always led back to each other. And I mean, that I feel like that is like a, is definitely like a, a testament to the connection that we have you know when we're sleeping we're not together because we wake each other up but when we're awake it's like oh girl we're powerful together and I say this to say you know for everybody who's listening who may be feeling lonely your tribe your tribe will always come to you your people will always come to you people are drawn to you and the more that you learn about yourself and really understand yourself the more the people that will come to understand you will will arrive you know just make sure that you're open to having them come in your life because sometimes you know we're sent amazing people but we can still be a little detached and closed off and we kind of miss them so again those coping mechanisms putting those walls up you know and and I think that's another important factor here in the beginning of this for those of you that are listening that are just starting the process be gentle with yourself. Yeah. And if there's certain places you're not willing to go yet, that's okay. Baby yeah. steps. Yeah. Nothing you has to happen to, overnight. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to go crazy. Nope. You know what I'm saying? And just like dive in head first and just like, you know, throw yourself into the ethers automatically. No, it's a process. Be gentle with yourself. And like I said, understand understand your boundaries too and I think that was a big issue for me early on I didn't know my I didn't understand how to maintain my boundaries I knew what they were it's just I didn't know how to maintain them yeah I felt like I was the same way my my thing was always like um yeah hi this is my boundary can you please respect my boundary yeah and then sometimes I go I go back on my own boundary I'll bend my own rule you know what I'm saying and then I'll be mad at myself that I did that and I'm like why did I do that and then a lot of it is another wound of abandonment I don't want to lose people because they can't understand my boundaries so I'm going to bend my own rule in order to keep this person around I did that you know I fully admit it I fully admit it very much and I would always give the I would always give the um, unsacred yes, where I was agreeing to do so many things that a lot of the time I didn't have the energy or the means to do, but I would do it because I was so scared of being abandoned by another person Mm -hmm. that I would always like volunteer myself or like say yes, even when I knew I really didn't want to. So I got to the point where I am now where I'm just like, hey, this is my boundary. Um, I 
you know, you're either going to respect it or you're not. And if you're not going to respect it, then don't expect me to be here. You know, right. and it's it's really like to the point where it's like honor yourself, honor your boundaries, understand yourself, and put yourself first, because in order for you to be able to do all of the things that you want to do or even just be there for the people that you want to be there for, you have to take care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, you as a person, you as a soul, you as the energy is so, so important. Absolutely. And I think a common question that I got with clients and people I worked with was, where do you begin, Chas? Like, yes. where do you, how do you start the process of setting boundaries? And I would tell them, just say no. You know, mm -hmm. like back in the day, remember the, the anti-drug campaign with just say no? Yeah. It, in this aspect, it's for boundaries. Just yeah. say no to someone. Yeah. And you would you would be so surprised how hard it was for people just to do that. No, and it is. Myself, I can't, oh, I I can't have, say no. It's like I used to struggle. Mm, yeah. Yep, I feel just that. Just saying no to someone <laughs> about something. I, I know it's something so menial. So it would seem so trivial in it, you know, in essence, but people have a hard time saying no yeah but I think and, it comes from conditioning the oh conditioning yeah that we get from when we're young because when we're younger we're told you never say no to your parents and if I tell you to do something you do it right now and if your sister says to do something you do it right now so it's always like we're taught to be like okay no problem at the sacrifice of ourselves because you know we watched our parents do things at the sacrifice of themselves and it's like we in all reality, we all know whether or not we want to do something when someone asks. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, you can ask me to do something. And in my head, I know my answer automatically. And before I never went with it. And now I'm just like, mm, yeah, no, I, I don't think I have the time for that. Or like, no, I can't. And I feel like what I'm working on now is just the, the no, I can't. And instead of being like, no, I can't because, because I felt like I used to always need to explain why I couldn't do it. Now I'm just at the point where I'm just like, no, yeah, no, I, I can't, you know, and don't. Be I sorry. had to make it funny, really. I had to put yeah. it in funny context when I was with my work group. Yeah. Because like I said, it was so hard for them to say no. I was like, think of this as an infant mm -hmm. a lot of you are parents right you have babies what is one of the first words a baby learns no no <laughs> that's one of the first words a baby learns right and they're very adamant about it too oh yes my two they'll be like no. no yep a baby will be an infant will be like no and you get the hand no. like no and, and like yeah. stop <laughs> like get away <laughs> And because babies are young and they're impressionable, it's instinctive, mm -hmm. okay? I said, so you have to approach it like an infant, like a child instinctively saying no. Yeah. And they don't bend on it either, right, Millie? Like, they'll no. just do no. Nope. My I know my niece, when I used to babysit her, she was like about two years old. That was her favorite <laughs> word, okay? Yep. No. Yep. No. Right. Even, even my eight-year-old now is just like, no, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, mom. I'm not going to do that. And you tell me that I am my own person. And I'm like, ooh, you are correct. Yeah. All right. You, that part. Yep, that all part. right. <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I think that's something we need to normalize as, yeah. you know, 
you know, with children and, at, you know, with as parents and parenting, allowing your child to have their own boundaries. We think oftentimes because we're parents or whatever, we have children, you know, I don't have children of my own yet, but like I have my nieces and yeah. I have children in my life yeah. that I'm very close your, to. Your nieces are your babies. Yeah, they your are. are your babies. They, but, they love you like a mama too. They do. They so. do. But like, I think that's something that needs to be normalized because so many yeah. times um children have their boundaries and they set it and a lot of times parents feel that they're not supposed to they're gonna do what I tell them to do and I mean you know as far as discipline that's another thing entirely but I feel like uh if a child is telling you they're not okay or comfortable with something I think you should respect that honor it you know teach them to honor themselves too that's right Kids are yes. in tune with themselves, with themselves and people's energy, and like even with like having relatives there, where you're just like, oh, go give this person a hug, go give this person a kiss. If your kid says no, trust your kid. You know what I'm saying? They they feel energy. They know too. So if they're saying no and they're adamant about no, let it be no. And if somebody has a problem with it, you know what? Oh well. Because at the end of the day, we if we want to heal the things and stop the things that we have from being passed on, we, we got to teach our babies to, to honor themselves and honor, honor the way that they're feeling, you know, it's, it's it's, really starts with them. It it does. And, and I often feel like we can learn from them because they are so present um, and they're not afraid to uh, just express their feelings in in the present moment like I said the whole no thing and mm-hmm. that you know when I was uh, you know explaining it in the work group that I was in um, a few years ago I said you have to think of it as, as a child as an infant that it's just instinctual to say no yeah you're not okay with it you can't do it no and yeah. the more you start saying it the more it becomes familiar and normal and it's going to be uncomfortable in the beginning, but just, of course, just saying it. <laughs> no, practice it. Practice I said, even it. if you got to do mirror work with you, even, even if you got to go in the mirror and say no, just to say it, you know, mm-hmm. just getting in the habit because it's, that's where it sort of sends signals up here that I can say no, it's okay to yeah. say no. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. We convince ourselves that it's not okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I agree. But yeah. On the but other I think this should be I think this should be a separate yeah. Because yeah. we could guys, we could go in on this like for a whole another episode. Yeah. Even that even the opposite of it, you know, being able to say yes, yes to help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes to accepting things. Yes to abundance, you know. It's so I it's think I think we got so a future episode. <laughs> We got um, another episode in the making with this, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, hey, uh, uh, why don't we pull some cards? I, I actually brought so, a deck with me. Me too, and I'm very excited. Um, but before we go into that, I just wanted for us to give everybody who's listening. I know that one of the questions that I got from a lot of the people in my circle is what What is something that everyone can do when they're starting on this path, starting on this healing journey, like? where do I start? What do I do? Um, so I wanted for us to just give everybody an idea of like something that worked for us when we were first starting. Um, so I know for me, when I first started, I wrote letters 
I wrote a letter specifically to everyone who I felt had really deeply hurt me. Each person got their own letter. I let everything out. The good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and some of them I was cursing because I had just felt like so much was done to me. And then at the end of the letter, it was just like, you know what? But I release you. I release all of these things that I've been holding. I release you and the, and the thing that you represent in my life. And I, I, I forgive you. I forgive you for anything that I did because I'm forgiving you for myself because it's so exhausting to hold on to this hurt. And for anything that I did, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to myself for allowing all of this to occur. And I would cry so much while writing these letters. But I promise for any of you who try it, 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 it is a release and you feel like weight has been lifted after. And you don't ever have to give these letters to the person. I, I, I write them, I read them again, and I burn them because nobody ever needs to see them because this is a conversation between you and, and the things that you hold inside. And this is like we explained a few minutes ago about the letting go process. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's for you. It's specifically for you and letting that go. Yeah. And that's huge because writing was a big, important aspect of me, uh, of my awakening early on. I mean, that remember I talked about that whole isolation phase. Mm -hmm. I called it my Emily Dickinson phase, right? Because if if you know who Emily Dickinson is, she was a, a famous poet uh, during the turn of the century. And she was a known recluse and would just correspond mm -hmm. with people through letters and writing. And I went through that phase where I was just writing and journaling. And I told you, Billy, I, to I told you um, during one of the conversations we had where I read my old entries and writing stuff that I had yeah. saved. Yeah. And I was just bawling. I was crying because yeah. it just yeah. really spoke of where I was. Yeah. And me seeing how much I've grown since then. And but it was a very painful time in my life. And I was like, damn, you know, like I read it. I just yeah. reading it. I just wanted to go through my own computer screen and hug myself during that oh, time. I, know. I think of myself before and I have compassion. I say all yeah. the time, I wish I could just hug her. Yeah. I just want to hug her and be like, oh, you're, mm -hmm. you're amazing. You're beautiful. Like, I love you so much. <laughs> I promise yes. it gets better. That's how I felt reading all my, my old entries and writing and poems and all that yeah. stuff. And I would say uh, for me, uh, something that I could leave with everyone today, starting out for me was self-care. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, I had put everyone else first. My whole yeah. life, I, I was the oldest sibling. Yeah. So it was instilled in me very young to take care of my younger siblings. That was my job. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, many times growing up, I just wanted to be a normal kid and I wanted to go to the mall and hang out with my friends and cut loose and be crazy. And no, I had to be home and I had to take care, you know, of my sister and I had yeah. to cook and clean. And I had all these responsibilities instilled on me without wanting it so that became my conditioning that I had to take care of everyone else yeah so self-care is definitely important yeah so it was learning for me to take care of me for a change mm -hmm. like what take care of me like what the hell what's that 
Like yeah. I didn't, it was so, it was such a foreign thing. It was completely crazy. Yeah. When, yeah I, means- when I think about it now, how foreign yeah. the idea of self-care was mm-hmm. early on for me. Yeah. I can relate to that very much. And I feel like a lot of us can. That can be something so simple. Got a pedicure, got a haircut. Like Right, not for nothing, not for nothing. I just, I would get annoyed sometimes seeing memes on social media, like self-care and things like that. It's not as easy as people think of a process because especially, you know, similar to us that had this conditioning where you had to put others before yourself. And I was it's the youngest child, and I had the same experience. And I'm glad you just talked about it could be simple things, getting yourself a haircut, mm-hmm. you know, having having a meal at your favorite restaurant, treating yourself yeah. to something, um, yeah. getting a mani-pedi, you know what yeah. I mean? It could be the smallest things that you're doing for you, mm-hmm. not for anyone else, but for you guys. Mm-hmm. This is so imperative to explain it doesn't have to be anything grand scale like everybody's like you know if you you could just uh wear a few kisses and light some candles have this the basis of this whole journey (laughs) is literally for you for you your soul your person everything that you are it's it's you you yeah and don't get me wrong i love candles i love all those chris i love crystals okay i love i'm I'm a big advocate for aromatherapy, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is that, you know, you see it so it, that it has, when you think of self-care, it has to be those things. No, it could just be a simple thing yeah. that you're doing for you. Yeah, or Sit. saying no, saying no when you really don't want <laughs> saying to. Saying no, that's self-care. <laughs> yeah. Set, setting, setting and maintaining a boundary, that's yeah. self-care. But like I said, you know, this will be a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. we definitely want to- we definitely want to pull a card for you guys before we go. Yes. Um, so you, you can go first if you want to us. I can go first. Well, I'm, I'm actually, you already got your card in shuffling. So I'm gonna let you go because I haven't even taken my cards out. All right. <laughs> so. so I'm going to ask Source to share any messages with the collective that they feel that they feel they may need to hear right now. Uh, and I knew this card was going to come out because at during meditation, this is the card that I saw. So the card that I pulled is unravel. Mm. Look inside of yourself, allow yourself to really reflect on all of the things that you've been through, all of the things that have hurt you, have shaped you, you know, everything that it is that you feel out inside, but allow yourself to feel it. Stop telling yourself that you know, you, you have to suck it up. You, you have to suck it up. You have to keep going. You're not allowed to feel this or pushing it inside so that it's just sitting on the surface. Allow yourself to feel it. If you're feeling upset and you want to cry, cry. Let it out. Feel that emotion so that you don't have to become that emotion. You know, if you're feeling angry, you know, allow yourself to be angry in that moment. Allow yourself to really think about what is it that I'm feeling angry about? Because especially for me, I've noticed that in the moments where I allow myself to just be vulnerable and, and raw, when I'm angry and I think about why I'm angry, so I, I've come to the realization a lot of the time that I'm not even angry at the situation. I'm angry that about how the situation made me feel, which made me think back to something that triggered me. And it gives you insight to the things that are triggering you that make you feel that way so that you can work on releasing them. So just really 
allow yourselves to be vulnerable, allow yourselves to feel. For so many of us, we've decided that, you know, being detached and cold is the best way to be. And it it's really not. It 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 doesn't feel good and it's exhausting, you know? Just really allow yourselves to be vulnerable. Unravel all of the things, all of the walls, like peel those layers of the onion, see what's inside. A lot of times, like all of these things are blocking the light that we are. And, you know, even just peeling one layer sometimes will allow that light to shine so much that you'll be able to get a glimpse of who you actually are, that it'll, it'll, it'll just make you want to continue on the path. Yes. And I couldn't have said it any better. So uh, let's see what, what I got here. The present. <laughs> the present i mean that that speaks for itself guys like how crazy is that that's literally yeah. what we were talking about yeah. pretty much this whole episode it's, a, it's always gonna make sense i say um when we do things like this it's not necessarily us doing them we're we're literally just being a channel for source and passing on messages that you know the the creator of everything that is wants you to know because everyone everyone is literally so special so beautiful filled with so much love yes and it has a nice little affirmation for everyone to use and i'll share it down below in the comments uh if you want to like use that for affirmation work it says i fully experience every moment of my life by living in the present yeah love that i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna write that down for myself guys like <laughs> seriously yeah and in so, being present, we get to see all of the beautiful yeah, so things. I don't need to elaborate anymore. I mean, we talked about the present moment all through this episode, guys. So, yeah. and again, thinking of thinking of it as through the eyes of a child, like children are present. Like that's what we were talking, talking about earlier. And we, we also explained about presence and how vital it is on this process. Mm -hmm. So... Oftentimes we lament on the past, we're fixated on the future, mm -hmm. right? And during those times, we get lost in those moments where we're, mm -hmm. we could be present, but we allow things of the past to affect us and mm -hmm. anxieties of the future to affect us. So I feel the message with this is to embrace the present moment. You know, just take take the time out to just smell the roses, you know, but I know it's winter time here, but just looking around, yeah, you know, Sometimes just finding just looking up you know, the sky and the beautiful. things around you in the present moment, yeah, you know, let, let that go outside doing, again, the, like Millie explained about you. the little things mm -hmm. that get you present. That is so important, yeah, because definitely. that's really what opens you up to this process and makes it you know a beautiful thing rather than something to be feared yeah. because you're present and in the present moment there's no anxiety there's no fear there's no regrets it's just you yeah. there and and that's a powerful thing you know and yeah, yeah so I, I I could I I could I couldn't have said it any better with this, the present moment. Be present, yeah. guys. And just like I said, the just taking a moment 
to just stop and look around and just yeah. embrace the beauty that yeah. is you and and the world around you yeah and remember like Charles said you know just be kind to yourself show show yourself the compassion that you're able to show everyone else because you are deserving of that compassion in the same ways that everyone else is and we wish you guys many many blessings so much love and we will see you soon Thanks for listening to this episode and continuing on this journey with us. Be sure to join our growing communities on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to have you back with us next week. Thank you for allowing us to be your voice. Until next time, remember to take care and be kind to yourself.